Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Excuse me for a second. I hug my friend. I'm going to tell you something. I said this to, where'd he go? And I, I know I'm losing my mind. I'm getting old and everything, but I thought he was just there. We had a conversation. Was it this past week or the week before? There's just a special relationship between a senior pastor and a worship pastor. And it's almost like he reads my mind sometimes and knows exactly what the Holy Spirit's doing. And I want you to give my friend and our worship pastor a big round of applause. He's an amazing guy. So he does such a good job. Does such a good job. Um, it's interesting in first service, and I'll, I'll, I'll extend the same invitation and, um, because it just seemed like there was, there was something going on in us while we were singing. I don't know if you guys noticed it. I noticed it. The songs led a certain direction, and I don't know what you walked into this place with. I don't know what you're carrying. I don't know how big the burden is. You don't know how big my burden is, to be quite honest with you. You don't know what I'm carrying. But I know that anytime you get a few people together, especially right now, we have this campus and you know, obviously the experience over in the atrium, and we have people down at Sherwood, and there's just um, thousand, literally thousands of people or so that watch us online um, through the course of the week. And you never know if you're having an impact, but this morning I just felt like there was something going on and between services, uh, and I'll extend the same thing. If, if you came today and you have a huge burden, you, you can't carry it on your own, you need somebody to help carry it with you, there's gonna be some people here after service. They're gonna be up front. We'd love to pray for you. You can go talk to the next steps, but a guy walks up to me, actually it was his daughter walks up to me and says, hey, my dad's here, could you pray for my dad? Um, we just lost our mother. And he's an online watcher, he doesn't even come to Journey, but he came today because he needed to be here with people. And I'm telling you, there's some of us in this room right now that the burden's so heavy. I want you to know the Bible says wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he's right there in the midst and he is here right now. So don't walk out of this place without hugging somebody's neck, getting somebody to pray for you, do something. Amen? Amen. So make sure that you don't walk out. It's a real God. Like the songs that we were singing, they're just not songs. They're songs that, that are supposed to inspire. I love the part, you know, like, don't you get shy on me, soul, right now. Like there's something... There's something welling up inside of me. Don't you stop. And so hear me on this. There's something going on inside of you. I don't know what it looks like, but don't you stop. Don't you give up. Amen? Amen. So if you're here today, we have been in this series. I don't know how you make it. Not a smooth transition, uh, but, but we've been in a series called Assembly. Actually, it is a smooth transition. We've been talking about the components of the church. We've been talking about the original church 2,000 years ago and what it did that made it so much different. And I'm going to say thanks for being here. You could have been anywhere. You could have been to St. Serta of the Mattress this morning, but you chose to be right here, right? So you chose to be here. And, and, and there's, there's a phrase that I've been thinking through um, just the last several weeks. I knew where we were going today. And it's a phrase that it's kind of, it's kind of new to our culture. Like people my age, you probably haven't heard it very much, but it's, anybody ever hear the term going viral, going viral? Anybody? And what, three of us. Let's try that again. Going viral. Okay. At first I heard it. I thought, oh, another COVID thing. We're going viral or something, you know, like this is a virus going around again. But no, it it's actually has something to do with like when people use like Instagram or, or Twitter or Facebook and it gets so many views because of, of it going around to everybody. And, and it's interesting because it was it's a phenomenon that started actually in 2014. I don't know if y'all remember this. It was called the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Anybody remember that? Stupid, right? Oh, good cause, but nobody's dumping ice 
bucket full of water on my head. I don't care how much money you give me, right? But apparently it raised $2.2 million and it funded a new drug for ALS that's actually helping cure that, that awful disease. And it went viral, it went all across the world and people from everywhere were watching it and doing it and raising all this money. Um, how, how many people, maybe, maybe some younger folks, the Pokemon Go app. You do, do you do it? Oh, stop. You're a grown man. Well, you don't look like one today, but you're a grown man. I didn't even know what this was. I don't even want to know what it is. But apparently, there's these, all these years, I've heard these voices and thought I see people. And you guys actually do on this, this app. Like, apparently, they're, like I was riding down the road with somebody. Pull over, pull over. Why? There's a Pokemon, whatever, trying to source Rex or something over there. I'm like, what? Okay, listen to this. 500 million users. Because it went viral. 500 million users. Okay, here's one that reaches my soul. The Popeye's chicken sandwich. It went viral. It went viral. Their claim was that it was a better sandwich than Chick-fil-A. Oh my goodness, come on. Okay, it raised sales 16%. And rose profits 13% because it went viral. I sat in line right after it came out and got to the front of the line and we're sorry, we have no more chicken sandwiches. I proceeded on throat punching him. No, I, did not. I would never do that. How about this? Anybody have young kids? Young kids. Young kids. Okay. Uh, grandkids? Yeah, that, that'll work. Um, I didn't even need to say it. And there was groans. All right, who can sing the song? We were going to do a flash mob this morning. But we found out that if we sing the song, they will shut us down. Not because it's like a, a, a They just don't want us ever to do it at Journey. And neither do I. 11 billion. It went viral. There's one that happened this week. I don't know if y'all even, even saw it, but uh, Michael McGuire is his name. Michael McGuire is a, uh, works in Kentucky, uh, West Virginia area, and he's a minor. You guys have seen it, right? And so he promises his son, and he's like, he's up for father of the year right now. He promises his son that he's going to take him to a Kentucky basketball game. They've never gone to a Kentucky. But if he went home to get changed and get showered, they would have missed the first half, maybe even the second half. And so he decided to embarrass himself, basically, to go to this game looking like that. John Calipari, the coach for Kentucky, sees it. And says, here's the deal. Now you have season tickets. Now you're going to do shoot around. Now you're going to, and I'm going, it went, and it went viral. People from all over, they're giving, they're donating all kinds of stuff to this family. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. And then it dawned on me. Something about 2,000 years ago happened in the church. That was the same exact way. The church went viral. Like all of a sudden, it wasn't just two or three people gathered in a room or 120 in a room. It, 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 it spawned the whole entire world. Listen, this is what happened, okay? And I'm gonna kind of give you a little bit of like a, like, like let's, let's look at how it, Jesus tells the disciples, the original ones, right? Matthew chapter 28, this is what he says. Shortly after resurrection, there's some instructions. He says, Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Now, just pause for a second. He's talking to 11 guys. 
that have barely little, you know, barely any education. He's talking to 11 guys that have never been to a preaching seminar. He's talked to 11 guys that most of them didn't even have occupations. They were just kind of ragtag group of people. And he was commissioning them with the most important project that's ever hit the earth, that this message of Jesus Christ could go viral. And there's a part of me that goes, what were you thinking? Out of all the people you could have chose, why did you choose them? Now, here's the deal. Jesus is about to face his death at the crucifixion. And all of the 11 that he shared this amazing message with, that he's been dealing with and teaching and talking to, all of them abandoned him. One kills himself, right, Judas? One denies him, Peter. The only one that stays with him is John. John stays with him, and, and literally to the, to the point of the cross, he stays with him. And he says, you know, so there's, but when they realize what's going on, all of them abandon him. Jesus is telling this band of underachievers, people that are leaving him, that they're going to do something spectacular. Now, it sounds like Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't it? Like, like, like Jesus, could you have chose somebody else? But he did. And there was a change that happened in their lives. And you know why the change happened? There was two key elements. The first one was the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus changed everything because they saw him. He wanted, you know, listen, if you were hanging out with somebody and they died, like you were hanging out with like, we were hanging out and I'm out with him, but, but, but you die and we go to your funeral. And then two days or three days later, we see you walking around. I don't know what you said to that point, but I'm believing everything you said. I'm believing every, every, every little word that came out of your mouth. If you said you were God, woo, I, I, I got you now. And the resurrection happened. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changed the viewpoint of all of the disciples. They saw the resurrected king. It's amazing to me. Like we go, well, you know what the other thing was? He gave them the power of the Holy Spirit. He, in Acts chapter 1-8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on me. You'll be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He was empowering them with something that he never had before. And then what happened is we know that they go to the upper room, right? And when they get to the upper room, there's 120 men that were, that were counted. There's, you know, women up there and children. They pack that place out and they preach, you know, they're preaching this, this amazing message. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit falls on that place. And we can argue about what happened and how it happened. Around here, what we would say is there's open hand theological statements and there's closed hand theological statements. Oh, we have a closed hand. There's only one way to get to heaven. And two, you guys didn't know that? There's only one way to get to heaven. It's closed hand. Jesus Christ is the only way to get to heaven. If that bothers you, we're going to have a really long day today. Okay? But there's an open hand. A lot of people, when it happened, when, 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 when Pentecost happened, a lot of people feel like they were given these angelic voices or this angelic prayer language. But there's a passage of scripture when we read it, and we're going to read it later on, but, but, but it, they understood each other in their own language. It wasn't just, you know, kind of like some just, you know, like words thrown together. They understood, and it said because of that, they went back going, man, we, we, we just, we had encountered the Holy Spirit. So there's this moment it happens. And then Peter preaches, and 3,000 people get saved. Think about that for a second. We, we have about a couple, we'll have a couple thousand on the campuses. But one message, he had 3,000 people come up. 3,000 people asked Jesus Christ. And there's something that happened directly following that that a lot of us don't talk about. Those 3,000 people went back into their homes the next day and they changed their communities. They were telling about Jesus and that's why it said, and many were added daily. So day by day by day by day, all through the book of Acts, that's why it's called the book of Acts. 
It's because it was the acts of the apostle and what was going on in their lives and how Jesus had moved. And that was the moment right there that the church went viral. That's, that, that's the whole reason we're doing this series. It's because there was something going on back then that we're not seeing in the church today. There's some missing component, components. And so when we start talking about that, we've got to look at those moments. We've got to look at those things. And it's caused the message of the gospel to go viral. And in Acts chapter 5, we see a moment in time where it almost could have stopped. The viral movement could have stopped. But the apostles, specifically Peter and John and, and the apostle Paul, they understood the, the magnitude of the message they were sharing. So in Acts chapter 5 is where we're going to land today. It's in verse 27. It says, Then they brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priest confronted them. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. He said, Instead, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him. And you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in a place of honor at his right hand and prince and savior. He said he did this so that the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things. And so it's the Holy Spirit who was given by God to those who obey. And you read that and you go, man, there was some things going on and that could have been the stopping of a movement right there when they were in front of that religious council, but something took place and it actually expanded more. And I think it's because of a couple things. And I think the very first thing that we've got to get, and if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be day in and day out, the message of Jesus must remain the main focus all the time. Let me word it another way. We need to keep the main thing, the main thing, because what happens in lots of churches they start talking about politics. They start talking about this movement or this social environment. And all of a sudden, they forgot the main message. Verse 28, we gave you strict orders. Could you imagine this? That, that, that religious council is giving them strict orders. Never again to teach in this man's name. And he said, instead, instead, in spite of, regardless of what the ramifications were, you have filled all of Jerusalem with the teachings about Jesus, about Jesus. And you want to make us responsible for his death. See, the message of the early church, we looked at it a couple of weeks ago. If you, if you missed it, you can go back to journeycommune.net and you can watch it online, but it was simple. Their message was Jesus is the answer to everything. It wasn't Jesus plus something, as C.S. Lewis talks about. The church has gotten it's Jesus in politics or Jesus in, in multiculturalism, Jesus in this, whatever the greatest movement. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. And if we ever make that mistake and start adding things to it, the message starts to get lost. See, what they did, they didn't talk about politics. They didn't talk about social issues. They dealt with some of them, but it wasn't their primary focus. They didn't get involved in a cultural war about who should do this and who shouldn't do this or how we should vote or, 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 or where should we shop or what company should we boycott this week. That wasn't the discussion. They talked about Jesus and Jesus alone. I've always been infatuated with church history. And it's one of those things because I've watched the ebbs and flows of church. And I've watched these great revivals from the time of Acts chapter 2, about 2,000 years ago, to the Azusa Street Revival in California, all the way through the Toronto Blessings, all the way through what's got, what God, I believe, is going to do post-pandemic. And we're going to see another great revival. I believe it with everything that's in me. But I've watched these ebbs and flows. But here's the danger. And this is what I've noticed with the church. Just kind of my own little, my own little study. And maybe you can 
The church has always had a choice between two things. A choice is, a choice is have political power and, and, and understand the political power or have spiritual power. And what generally has happened is the church has decided to go the po- political power route. So we want you to vote for this person. If it's a Republican church, it's a Republican. It's a Republican. It's a Democrat church. It's a Democrat. And what's happened is we've dwindled the spiritual power or the spiritual influence in the world that we have because of this political power over here. And I'm telling you, every time it's happened, it's gotten the church in trouble. You don't see it in the book of Acts. You don't, you, you don't see them arguing about political figures. They're telling people constantly. Can I say that, I said this in first service, I didn't wake up this morning wanting to be a jerk. Okay? And, and if you get offended by something that's said today, you can send it to Bobby Smith at journeycommunity.net and I will read one of them. <laughs> the objective of Journey Community Church is not to be a political force. It's not to get your candidate elected. Because if that's what we're pushing in church, we're trusting the wrong thing. I'm not trusting president and you can insert whatever you want. And there's been, I don't know how many, my history on this is not like 75, I don't know. Hundreds, thousands of presidents, no there's not. There's been a lot of presidents, how's that? There's a lot of dead guys. But there's only one King Jesus. There's only one savior of the world. There's only one Alpha and Omega at the beginning and the end. There's only one Lamb of God who takes away the sin. There's only one who died on the cross. There's only one that resurrected from the grave. There's only one coming back for his church. And that's Jesus Christ. It's not a president of any party. And if you're putting, if I'm putting my trust in that, I have put my trust in the wrong things. And what we've seen throughout history is when that's happened, it's always messed up. Now, does that mean we're not? Yes, it's important that we don't have idiots in office. Right? And it's important that we share family values. We should be sharing. But if that's, the, if that's the mantle, if that's the soapbox we're on, we're... There's, a, there's a show that's on TV, and I, I watched it a couple weeks ago. Anybody seen the Bible series um, on the History Channel? Anybody ever read the Bible? <laughs> How many people have ever heard of Survivor? <laughs> that's sad. I said, like the Bible, three people raised their hands. Survivor, yeah, watch it every week. So the guy, the guy that wrote Survivor and um, he's uh, executive director for The Voice, um, his name is um, Mark Burnett. He's got a, a wife named um, Roma Downey. You may know her from, she was on Touched by an Angel. She was actually one of the angels on Touched by an Angel. Everybody knows her. It's a Christian show. <laughs> well, they, they had this idea. They were going to develop the series, the Bible series. And they go, to all these, they go to all these executives of all these big companies and everybody loves the idea. Every, everybody, it's one of the greatest ideas they've had. And, and it was like, but, but there's only one thing. And finally, somebody came out and said it. We, we love the idea of the Bible. We love the idea. That, we love the Moseses. We love the, the King Davids. We love the, the Goliaths. We love all that. C- can you do us a favor, though? In this Bible, this, this thing, can you just keep the, the Jesus out of it? How do you read this book and keep the Jesus out of it? From the very beginning of the book to the very end of the book, it's about Jesus. He's the covering when Adam and Eve fall into sin. He's the blood 
that was uh, spilt on the ground so they could have connection with the Father again all the way through the book of Revelation. He's the one that comes back for his church. You can't keep the Jesus out of the Bible. That's what it's about. But churches still want to talk about everything else other than Jesus. Good second. We need to honor God above everything else and anything else. I don't know if y'all caught it when he's talking. He says, we give you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. He said, instead, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him. And you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Now, I'm going to throw something out there. It may be, it may be, it may be the drugs I'm on right now for a little cold, okay? So, snipples. I don't believe in our culture, in our country, that the government is going to ever, at this point of our lives, going to ask us to do something that's anti god some of you go, whoa, they wanted me to take a vaccine. Relax. Okay, we're not going to get in that argument today. Okay. There are still choices that you have. We have people calling us, asking us to write letters. This is against my religion. I took the vaccine. I think Jesus still loves me. I'm not missing heaven on a technicality. Believe when the role is called up yonder, my name will be on that role. Okay? What he's talking about here is when they wanted these apostles to stop telling people about Jesus. It wasn't about a vaccine. It wasn't about. Now, I do not want to minimize this because I can, I can see it in your eyes. There, maybe, maybe there's been a time or two in the course of history in the United States that we, but by and large, probably not going to happen, right? Now, foreign countries, I, I've seen it happen on missions fields where we've been asked to stop preaching Jesus because that area right there is voodoo or that area right there is uh, Santeria or, or, or whatever the, the religion is there. So I don't want to minimize that. And people are being persecuted all across the world for their faith. They're being murdered, okay? All, but just because we won't have that decision to make, whether it's a God thing or a government thing, doesn't keep us from having to make decisions in our lives. Sometimes it's not a God in government. Sometimes it's a God in our boss thing. Sometimes our company wants us to do something that's maybe we shouldn't do. Maybe it's a little, maybe it's a little kind of, they want you to bend the truth a little bit, or maybe they want to lie. I have a friend of mine that was actually in the insurance business, and she was telling me about her newest boss, and her newest boss came in, and her newest boss is a believer, and she was in charge of billing, and one of the things that they would do on the bill, they would always fudge the bill a little bit to get a little bit more income, and the profits, profit margins were up, and everything was good with the company. That was the way they were going to keep their job. Well, she came in and said, nope, we're not going to do that anymore. I am a Faith follower, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe integrity is important, so we're not going to do that anymore. Well, at first what happened is all the, the revenue started to just a little bit drift down, but what started to happen because people had relationships, they started going up again, and, and they realized that there was integrity, and they realized that they were getting a, a really good product, and when the person said yes, it was a yes, and when the person said no, it was a no, and it started doing this right here. People at the workplace, I mean, this is uh, thousands of employees, people at the workplace started going to a Bible study that she started. Uh, hundreds of people, they said that hundred hundred people got, got asked Christ to be their savior. They started in church and serving and they started serving the community. And you know what the company did? They fired her. They fired her. She was a person of integrity. There's a choice you have to make. That may be a situation that some of us have to deal with. But by and large, we're not the way the apostles. It's not die 
dire storm. Stop talking. Let me give you a third thing. I think this one's loving people and telling them about Jesus is still the most important thing we do. And I added that loving people part because that's what we see in the New Testament church. That was definitely a unique selling point of what they were doing. Verse 31, I love this. Listen to the motivation that they have here. Peter and John have this motivation that they want to see people say, they want to see people come to Christ. To think God put them in verse 31 in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would, be, would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We, when, they encountered, when they encountered the risen Christ, something took place. You know what happened? They realized that it was real. They realized that Jesus, when they encountered Jesus Christ, these, these people that walked away, that were given the commission of, of making this viral, all of a sudden they saw the resurrection and they said, well, this is real. You know what? All the claims that Jesus, you know, he has some really weird claims, right? I'm God, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the light, I'm the door, I'm the great shepherd, I am this. He was equating himself with God. All of a sudden, all those claims became true because it was real. Because of the resurrection, everything that happened, they're going, okay, I'll do this. So if it's real, think about this. Put yourself in, if it's real, we've got to do something with this. Hey, by the way, if this is real, we've got to do something with this. Did you hear me on that? We can't just go play church for an hour and then go back into the world. Whether we like it or not, we're part of the plan of redemption of the world. We are part of the redemption plan to the world. There's no B plan. This is it. It's ride or die. If we don't do it, it's not going to get done. And the world is out there dying. There's people, I've, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. You have never looked in the eyes of a person that Jesus Christ didn't die for in love. And if that's the fact that Jesus loved them and they matter to God, they have to matter to us. We have to do something with this. If you've encountered the risen king, not just on Easter Sunday morning, but every day of your life, you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. It's, it, it, is it real? See, the reason we're going back to the original church is there was something there that changed the world, and I don't see that in the church today. Thank you for the one amen. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and sharing of meals. You know, you know what that meant? We talked about this. Everything that they had learned from Jesus, they were doing in the world. They didn't have books. They didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have any of the, 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 the you know, the scribes hadn't started writing stuff. That, it was just what Jesus was teaching them about heaven and hell and about how to get to heaven and how to stay out of hell and how to live a life, John 10.10, 10, a life to the fullest. So the deep sense of all came over all of them. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in the homes of the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. See, the church from the very beginning was about helping people. If you don't gather that, I'm not sure what you're reading, but it was about helping people. See, the church demonstrates love by doing, not by saying. And what's happened over the years is what we've been saying and what we're doing aren't lining up. And I think what I'm reading, if I'm reading this correctly, is the church was actually saying that we're going to do this, and they were doing it. They were doing it in their communities. They were doing it at their workplaces. They were doing it in their families. 
I was thinking about this all this past week. Does the church have a philosophy? Does this church have a philosophy? Well, I can take you to all our boards that we are this and we are that. And I can tell you that we engage people in the process of knowing Jesus. I could probably come up with some elaborate, elaborate vision statement where we go from this as a church. I tried to, but then all of a sudden I kept landing on the same thing. You know what the world needs to hear? God loves you. And so do I. God loves you just the way you are. And so do I. Even if you don't believe the same way I believe, even if we don't read the same version of the Bible, even if you don't believe in a God, what greater testimony to the world that we live in that we can say, I love you. I love you. I love you. You you know what I think we should do as a church? I think every time, I think every time we get together, we should remind ourselves what the church is really supposed to do. How we're supposed to serve the world. How we're supposed to tell about every time we have an elders meeting, Matt, we need to bring that statement up. Like, what are we, what, what, what are we going to do as a church to make sure that the community knows that we love them and care about them? How are we going to serve our community? I think every time we get together in children's ministry, every time we have a staff meeting, team, we need to ask those, those questions. Jen, every time we need to go, hey, what are we doing to serve our community? How are, we being, how are we being more like Jesus? What is the church actually supposed to look like in the community? Is it just about programs? Is it just about a show? Or is it about really telling the world how big Jesus is? Because when I go back to the original church, what I see is a bunch of people that were servants. That should surprise us. Jesus said in Matthew 23, he said, the greatest among you must be a what? A servant. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been reading a passage of scripture. It's going to end up being a whole series one day, but it's just one of those things. You ever had a tension in scripture, like you're reading a scripture and you know God's trying to speak certain things to you, but you don't know exactly how to play it all out? Well, this has been that passage for me. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can it be salty again? Now, in first service, my wife wasn't here. I shared that I went to McDonald's last week. She doesn't know that. It was, it was like a three o'clock. I hadn't eaten lunch. And I just needed some fries and a vanilla milkshake. I was stress eating. Okay. I prayed the whole way there that the milkshake machine was working. Because you know how many times it doesn't work, right? And God answered my prayer. So I decided to sit down. I actually had my iPad and I was working on the message and I just want I just want to get away from the office. So I take my fries and I take the white salt shaker and shake it and nothing comes out. And I was like, so I threw it across the room. And I go to the next, I did not. I grabbed the next one and nothing. And and, and it dawned on me that that's what it's saying right there. That the salt had lost its saltiness. It wasn't good for anything. You couldn't even shake it out because there was so much moisture. The world had corrupted it. The moisture had corrupted it. And then it says it's be, be thrown out and trampled by men. And you know what that means? It's actually, they're saying that that salt that they were using for whatever, preserving meat or whatever, now is going to be, it's going to be a herbicide. That they were just going to put the salt on the weeds and it was going to kill the weeds. That's all, that's, that's as good as, no more. 
And that's that you're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds. Then he says, this is what it is. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out before all the sea so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That goes back to Acts. It was about what they were demonstrating the world they live in. It was about their deeds. It was about being a servant. So there's this formula that I heard about 20 or 30 years ago. I thought I'd share it with you. It's, it's up, going to be up on the screen. It's CC plus HP plus CP equals MI. Everybody knows what that is, right? Yeah. No, you don't. I made it up. <laughs> Just kidding, you're right. CC. It's easy. Clear communication. We have to clearly communicate the dangerous message of Jesus Christ with everybody we can come in contact. It can't be watered down with politics. It can't be watered down with the latest social issue. It's got to be Jesus and Jesus alone. HP is high potency. That's the salt. I'm not talking about offensive. I'm talking about we have to believe what we say, say what we believe. The next one is probably the most important part. See, a lot of times we feel like as believers, as people, faith followers, especially in the the anti-Christian culture that a lot of us, we live in, is we want to get as far away as we can from people. CP means close proximity. That means we have to be around people in order to tell them the dangerous message. That we can't peel out every time. There's something that disagrees with us. Some of that dialogue may, may actually change people. That was the dialogue that changed me. I was arguing the other direction all the other time. And then all of a sudden I was like, there's, there's a girl that used to work at Publix. She believes a little different than I do. One day my wife comes home and says, hey, I saw so-and-so. And I realized that my wife would actually go to that line all the time just to talk to her. And I realized I was trying to steer away from her. And then I started finding myself because of the conviction of that's something that God loves. I didn't care how many people were in the line. I started going to her line. I started, hey, how you doing? Doing good? Doing great? I'd invite her back to church. And one of the things that I'm realizing in my life is some of the promises that God's given us, we may never participate in. We may never see. See, this promise of Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, the original disciples never saw it. They don't know where it's at right now. But they knew that God had told them to do something. Clear communication. High potency. Close proximity. Equals maximum impact. We have the maximum impact in the world that we're living. We fulfill the Great Commission. We're never more like the original church than we're doing what God's called us to do. So what are you going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do as a church demonstrate what Jesus wants us to demonstrate in the world. Are we going to be? Are we going to be what God's called us to be? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this moment, my prayer is that, God, you were you were proud of what we did today. That the songs that we sang, the things that we talked about were things that you would want us to talk about. That we 
that we honored you with every, every note, with every. Because it's your name that when it's lifted up, draws all men. And even today, God, I just believe there's people going, I didn't know that Jesus. I want to know that Jesus. Maybe in the quiet of this moment, you're having a conversation with the Heavenly Father. And maybe you never realized how much that God loves you. How much the church loves you. God, so I pray if there's people in this room or watching online that don't know who you are, that they're having that private conversation with you where they're asking you to come and live in their lives, to, to be number one in their life. God, for others, it's, for me, it's been a conviction of what the church is supposed to be. I need to demonstrate what I speak about on Sunday morning. So let me lead. Let me lead our church that direction. That we love, love you, God, and we love the people around us, not just the ones we know. I pray that you would be with us as we kind of walk through this and navigate through this time in our lives, in our church lives, in our community. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.